Okay, I'm going to just get started because I have 9 o'clock. Um, so today is Thursday, June 2nd, 2016. This is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and tonight we're discussing Kate Pullinger's novel, The Mistress of Nothing. Kate Pullinger was born in Cranbrook, British Columbia, in Canada. She attended McGill University for a year and a half, and then she spent a year in the Yukon Territory working at a copper mine. After that, she started traveling and ended up in London, where she continues to live. She's married with two children, and she teaches in the Masters in Creative Writing and New Media program at Bath Spa University. Tonight's book, The Mistress of Nothing, was published in 2009, and it won the prestigious Governor General's Literary Award in Canada. Her other books include Landing Gear, A Little Stranger, The Weird Sister, and The Last Time I Saw Jane. Um, She also wrote the novelization of the film The Piano with the film's writer and director, Jane Campion. And this is from um, the book page review of this novel. Um, Winner of Canada's Governor General's Literary Award, The Mischief is Nothing is inspired by the true story of Sally and Omar, whose lives were hidden between the lines of Lady Lucy Duff Gordon's book, Letters from Egypt. There is little known about Lady Lucy Duff Gordon's maid and dragoman, and Kate Pullinger illuminates these blank spaces to create serpentine connections between the three characters. Pullinger offers them neither judgment nor amnesty, and the book's commitment to a historical and pramatic voice is its true gem. Even with its soft voice, The Mistress of Nothing is a tough story of the unavoidable tragedies and celebrations that three simple yet extraordinary lives may yield. So why don't we see what everybody thought of the book? Um, One thing that I wondered, which happened kind of in the beginning of the book, um, is... You know, the, Sally seems so enamored, almost, of Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. In the beginning of the story, she referred to her as my lady. And when they were traveling and they didn't have enough food, Sally went without food. So, you know, Lady Lucy Duff Gordon could eat more. And it was interesting because I contrasted it to the way Sally's sister, Ellen, was. Because she worked for Lady Lu- Lucy Duff Gordon's uh, daughter, Janet also in Egypt and you know although Ellen wasn't a big part of the story Ellen really you know just wanted to get married and have her own life and not really you know see herself as as just a lady's maid while Sally you know kept turning down all these marriage proposals because she wanted to devote herself and I, I wondered why you thought Sally was so interested in devoting her life to Lady Lucy Duff Gordon um you know what would have what would have pro- propelled her to to be this way. So I'm going to release the key now. I like the book. It, it certainly kept me reading to find out what was going to happen. Uh, a, a few things kind of bothered me about it. <clears throat> uh, we didn't seem to have anything that prepared us for the shift in. I'm just going to call her Lady Gordon. Lady Gordon's attitude. You know, all the way before, Lucy is so admiring of her, and she seems to be such a kind person to everyone. And all of a sudden, she makes this abrupt and becomes this horrible, cruel, malicious, uh, conniving person. And there's nothing that that sets us up for that, it seemed to me. And and the other the issue. Uh, I liked Sally, and I, I cheered for her, I rooted for her, I hoped everything worked out for her, but some of her choices, now she was not a 15-year-old teenager, she's a 30-year-old woman, and some of the the, the choices she made and the, and the things she did seemed, to me, just completely irresponsible uh, and improbable, how they hid this pregnancy from from Lady G., uh, when she was the the waiting the waiting maid, how how could Lady Gordon not have known what was going on? I think she did. I think she knew all along and just didn't go along with it. But you know, she got no medical attention. She, I think, a lot of the problem was the, the whole deception thing um, to to keep this pregnancy hidden until 
all of a sudden, come help Sally, she's giving birth. Uh, that just seemed, well, I'll just say, uh, unsympathetic to me that that might have been the cause of the the cause of a lot of the problem. Um, first, welcome, Don. It's nice to have you here. Um, I'm just going to say briefly, just in response to what John mentioned first, which you sort of anticipated a question that Sherry and I both had, which is we thought that either Lady Luff, Lucy Duff Gordon was jealous that Sally had found love and was having a child when she was was sick and didn't see her husband and, and couldn't see her children and she knew she was dying, or she, she either saw Sally maybe as a servant who basically when she was no longer of use or value to her, she could just discard. She kind of saw her as property. Um, so I think I, I would disagree with you slightly, John. I, I think that there was enough groundwork in the novel that you could kind of piece together what her possible motivations were. I can't tell you for sure if it was one or the other, but I think those were, were likely. Well, yeah, uh, to answer your question, Michelle, I, you know, I I don't really know what would have, I, you know, I have a hard time getting into this. I mean, I, obviously this is like the 1860s. It, it's a different, it's a different time and it's a different class of people. So, you know, being Americans as we are and being independent and stuff, I have a whole time with the whole indentured servant kind of uh, uh, approach to things. I mean, she wasn't indentured per se, but uh, uh, I, I don't know what would would have compelled these people. I mean, obviously she had a connection to to Lady Duff Gordon. I mean, she taught her to read, which which was fairly significant back then for uh, somebody from her class, and uh, she was close to her, but. Uh, uh, I have a hard time understanding that connection because I'm, I'm not sure it's something that we can totally understand since none of us has ever lived it. But uh, uh, the book was, was was interesting. I mean, it was it, it was uh, it was it, it was it kept my attention all. She did a very good job the way she laid everything out, and I enjoyed you know getting that taste of Egypt and. Uh, 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 you know the the different cities. The, the, uh, I, I like the way they presented that and, and the the way they lived, and uh, especially love the, the the family elements that they presented of, uh, of of Omar. Was that his name? Omar's family. Uh, uh, I thought that was, that that was that that was really uh, well done, and uh, uh, the narration w- w- was excellent too. I thought uh, I had a real uh, easy time listening to the to the reader. And uh, I, I'm kind of like John. You know, I, I guess they laid out the uh, what could be some possible reasons that that Lady Duff Gordon reacted the way she did. It, it didn't really seem to fit to me, though. She seemed uh, for, for everything that uh, that that. Jeez, uh, uh, I can't even remember the name of the main character had done for. Uh, I mean, she nursed her back to health, and and you know, and waited on her hand and foot and stuff, and it never really seemed to, uh, uh, to, to 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 go along with uh, her reaction. But hey, uh, when you're used to getting everything you want and and being that that class of society, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I can understand where they're really coming from. So, okay, I'll shut up now. I like the first few sentences of the book, which really telegraphed what you could expect to happen later in the book. And if I remember right, Sally said something about Lady Duff Gordon seeing her as a pet. And that's kind of what I think she saw her as, a pet that she adored. But then when the pet got a life of its own and found something that she herself did not have, as her husband didn't even seem to want to come there and visit her, I think she just became unhinged. That's something that she couldn't control. I don't, I kind of thought about the pregnancy too, that how could she miss it? But if she considered Sally pretty much insignificant in terms of noticing her, perhaps she wouldn't have noticed. And I, I found that a little annoying that they didn't tell her ahead of time. That's sort of a trope in a lot of these books of, well, let's not tell somebody something 
And then you know it's going to cause them trouble, and you just keep going and going with this. And you know if they would have told them, maybe it would have been better. And perhaps it wouldn't have made any difference. Maybe she would have just banished her earlier. You know, they spent some time talking about the clothing and how loose it was. And, and, you know, I know it sounds a little strange that people sometimes don't know when other people are pregnant, but we've all heard of stories in the newspaper and other places where somebody has a baby and, you know, they were going to school all this time and nobody even realized that the person was pregnant. So, you know, uh, it's possible with the very, very loose clothing and the fact, like Sherry said, she wasn't really paying attention. I think what bothered me really very much about Lady Lady Lucy, I'm just going to call her, was that she kept saying that Sally had trapped Omar, and she put all the blame for their having a baby on Sally, and none of it went to Omar, and she kept saying that Sally used her clever European ways to trap Omar into marriage, and it it just seemed like, you know, I just couldn't figure out where this was coming from, and the only thing I could think of is, as, as Alan mentioned, this is a different time and place, and people thought differently, and, you know, I think that she, even though she was in Egypt, and she kind of took on a lot of the local customs, I still think she was essentially a woman from England, a European woman, and she had certain ideas about, about the ways that, that you know, women act in the ways that men act, and it was it was interesting because she really took to the culture, and in certain ways, she almost seemed like a man because she would have these salons and she'd be dealing with men all the time. Um, but she had kind of rigid ideas, I thought, and and not to. And the only thing that was also surprising to me about Sally and Omar was the fact that Sally had no prejudice at all because I'm sure Sally was light skinned and Omar was dark skinned. And that was very, very surprising to me that it wasn't mentioned, that it wasn't ever brought up in the story, because I would think at that time it would have been an issue. So, um, you know, I mean, certainly all everything that everybody's saying is, is really valid. Um, I think what I liked about the story was, of course, that it transported us to another place in time, but also that we, we saw, like, different ways that gender and race and class all affect things um, and and the way, you know, people's lives worked out and also just the idea about property because if you remember at one point the local Egyptian leaders wanted Omar to actually harm Lady Lucy and they, they were thinking of Omar not as a person but sort of as their property so it was sort of similar to the way that Sally thought of Lady Lucy so there was a lot of in this book about, you know, people being seen I thought as property yeah, yeah, a, a, a lot of chattel around and, and, and during that time. And uh, I was going to comment, uh, the one thing I, I had a problem with, um, you know, back to the to the pregnancy and, and they're not noticing. I mean, she was, she was a tall, she was a tall girl. She was obviously fit. And, uh, I mean, they commented on her being fat. Now, come on, people, uh, you know. A baby bump doesn't look like fat. I mean, I, you know, I know there's, there's, you know, when a woman gets pregnant and stuff, she, you know, her, she can, you know, she swells and, you know, and, and to, to an extent. But I mean, if, if you're noticing that 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 she's put weight on and stuff, I mean, surely you got to be able to, you know, notice that that, that there's a baby there. But uh, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on that. But I, I, I thought that, you know. Yeah, we have all heard stories of people that carried it and stuff, but, I mean, if they're noticing that she's put weight on, you would have thought that they would have figured out the, the reason for that. But, hey, I guess the author didn't didn't want that to be part of the issue. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I suspect if, if, if she had told uh, 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 Lady Duff Gordon earlier uh, about the stuff, that she just would have broomed her out of, out of her life earlier. I, I'm not sure her reaction would have been much different. It just probably would have been sooner. Well, I noticed before, Don, that you were trying to get through, so I thought maybe everybody would just back off and we'd let let you go through. Um, And one other thing I thought of when I was reading this book, which I was curious about, is um, have you ever had the desire to move to another country to live? And if so, what country would you want to move to and, and why would you want to move to that country? 
Okay, I guess Don maybe is having some microphone issues, so I, I saw you try, but you know, if you want to try again later, that that's fine as well. Um, what did everybody think of Omar? Did you think that he did his best to stand by Sally? Um, you know, what or did he not stand by her, or should he have done more for her? Should he have put Sally in his house? You know, I, I, he was very—he was probably the most interesting character in the whole story because I just I, like he seemed like a good guy, but then he didn't seem like a good guy. You know, it just kind of—he went sort of back and forth, and I, I still really haven't made up my mind about him. Um, I—you guys have convinced me that yeah, I think Lady Lucy should have noticed the pregnancy, and yeah, that was a uh, maybe something that stretched credulity a bit. Um, also, I thought another thing that. Michelle mentioned the race issue. I, I thought it was odd that Sally never seemed to have any qualms about being a second wife. You would think that would be a big deal to anyone that grew up in, in the UK. That was not the norm and not something that most women would accept. I really liked Omar's family a lot. I thought they were just so nice and so accepting and they treated her so well. As far as Omar, I don't know. You know, my debate with him is was he selfish and like maybe he could have let Sally live with his parents. I don't see how Lady Lucy would ever have found that out. I don't understand why he didn't do that. Um, he kind of put his career first, but on the other hand, he needed that career in order to support both wives and children. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but at one point, Lady Lucy promised him that he could work for the Prince of Wales, or they got a letter from the Prince of Wales or something. I wondered in the epilogue, I wish she would have mentioned whether or not that came to pass or not. I kind of suspect it did not. Yeah, I, 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 that, my, I'm still out. My, my feelings about Omar are kind of kind of hanging still. Uh, he was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. I, I don't think he did her right in the end because, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's like that scene where... Uh, <laughs> where she confronted him, I guess, and you know, he, you know, he stepped in and said, "Well, do you want me to lose everything like you've lost everything?" So I mean, he was well aware of what kind of position he had put her in, and that he was he was opting to you know throw her under the bus basically for uh, for his own career. Now, I, you know, I have no idea what what uh, uh, that time period in Egypt was like, but I mean, obviously. You know, jobs weren't a plenty, and uh, especially from somebody from his class, I guess. So, uh, 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 you know, jobs were obviously very important, especially when you had uh, two wives, even though one of them you'd kind of like not acting like you had. Uh, So, you know, he he was in a difficult position, but I'm not sure he ultimately, you know, did the right thing because I think, uh, you know, I mean, I obviously felt that the the lady Duff Gordon didn't act right about the whole situation. It seemed like the the rest of her family thought that she didn't act right about it either, or the way she was treating Sally. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my opinion. Um, I just wanted to welcome John back. I noticed that you signed in again. So um, after John talks, if you want to try to get through, that that'd be great. Yeah, Omar, I, I had the same thing. I couldn't really decide whether he was a strong person or, or a weak person. He really was controlled by by Lady Lucy. Uh, in fact, he, he had such conflicting loyalties, and I think Sally uh, kind of points that out. Uh, he's got he's got one wife. He's got he's got loyalty to his employer. He's got loyalty to Sally and the baby. He's got loyalty to the the Egyptian political movement that he's trying to get involved in. So he just had too much going on um, that I, I couldn't quite uh, make him out either. I wondered why he's with Lady Lucy and Sally in Luxor. Why didn't he bring his wife with with him? Why is she back in Cairo, I think it was, or whatever, with his family, not even – yeah, with his family, I, I, that one I couldn't quite figure out that he's uh, just leaves her behind and he's off with on his job and then and then uh, really started the affair with with Sally. I don't think Sally ever would have. Sally might have wanted to, but Sally wasn't going to to do it. Uh, 
so that was that was something that that puzzled me. Yeah, and this whole thing about somebody being pregnant, nobody knows. I I I could tell you a story about that, but maybe later, maybe not. I think that there's a lot of cultures where that's perfectly normal that women get married, they leave their households, and they go live with their husband's household. So that, I didn't find that surprising at all. And in fact, I loved Maruka, his his first wife. I thought she was incredibly nice to Sally, as were Omar's parents. I mean, they were, you know, when Sally went and got a job at that horrible hotel, motel, whatever she was working at, and she was nervous to come and see her her son, they were like, where were you? You know, you can come every single day and visit. And I thought they were actually nicer to her than Omar Omar was, who really didn't turn out to stand by her. Um, And I guess it wasn't possible for her to, to live in Omar's parents' household because I guess word would spread somehow that this white woman was living there and maybe it would have affected his job. That's how that's how I took it. But Myruka was fabulous. She was like the best character in the whole story. I okay, I'm glad I got here eventually. I've heard of cases where people didn't know the daughter was getting was pregnant until the moment of birth too, so which I won't but uh I uh, I, they, I think they kind of idealized the uh, Omar's family. They were wonderful, but the way the author wrote it, she could have fitted in right in. The community at Luxor were going to accept the marriage. They were going to celebrate her mar- wedding ceremony and bring gifts until the lady Duff put the kibosh, kind of put the kibosh on that. Now, the lady Duff Gordon did not kick her out like uh, I remember the. Mr. Peep's diaries. If you ever read those, that was the seventeenth. That was eighteenth century. However, where they kicked the girl right out into the street, literally. Um, but I think she would have lost a lot of reputation. So maybe she did have to pay her way back to England. But she did pay her way back. But I think it was a resentment, I guess, because she was going to die and she lost her husband. I think it was jealousy there that that caused most of that that problem because it sure, certainly was kind of cruel yeah I agree Don I, I thought that was what propelled her I thought um, I thought it was a couple of things I thought it might have you know just been what we were all talking about how, how Sherry mentioned that she almost saw her like a pet that she was property that she was a servant but I think mostly I agree with you I think it was her jealousy and I don't think she was even aware that she was jealous, but how could she not be? I mean, she, you know, she was dying, and she didn't see her husband. And remember when they went to Egypt, and she saw her husband, and her husband wasn't really so nice to her. And um, and Omar and Sally, you know, their love affair seemed very romantic. I think, you know, first, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm a little cynical or something. So first, I was thinking, well, you know, Sally's in the house, and Omar's in the house, and he's like taking advantage of the situation. But he really seemed devoted to her. But then he wasn't at the end at at all. Um, and um, what was the other thing? Oh, I, and I was wondering also. I, I like the first person narration. I don't always love first person narration. Um, but I, I did actually like like the first person narration here. And um, the other thing I just was going to mention is when I was doing a little research about this, there's actually, I don't know if anybody's ever come across this. I, I didn't realize it either. There's actually two well-known Lady Lucy Duff Gordons. There's the one who's in this story who wrote a book called Letters from Egypt, which is a real book um, about her experiences. And then there's a second lady, Lady Lucy Duff Gordon, who was actually a passenger on the Titanic, and she was a very famous fashion designer. So if you ever come across this name, there's a book on Bard called The Dressmaker, and it mentions Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. And I'm like, oh, she's in another book. But no, it's the other Lady Lucy Duff Gordon who was actually from the early 20th century. There was some kind of scandal with the second Lady Duff Gordon. I, I never got it. I kind of did a Wikipedia searched through her, found several things, but they, it was cleared up whether she was really on the Titanic. I don't know what the issue was on on that, but uh, I thought it was a wonderful narration, uh, excellent narrator. I think she, we owe a lot to the narrator in this one. 
I'm just going to read what Jenny wrote. Um, she said that she thinks this book showed some of the extreme limits and power inequities of the time. I agree with you. I think Sally wanted some adventure and a larger social scene. Also, I agree with you. And her attachment to Lady, uh, Lady Gordon was part of that. Um, I felt sympathy for Omar, but I often felt his dutifulness was so much was so much to his career and his image. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, so she's saying that the book showed some of the extreme limits and power inequities of the time, and that Sally, and we didn't really mention this, but you're right, she wanted some adventure, and she even mentioned in the beginning of the book how she liked to travel, and she enjoyed traveling with Lady Lucy Duff Gordon to other places that they had gone to before, and as, as we've all mentioned, we, we do feel sympathy for Omar, but there was a lot of dutifulness caught up with his his career and his image. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I, the, the more I've been been reflecting on this and, and Omar and his career, I, you know, I assumed during that time period that the, the, the career kind of kind of controlled stuff. Uh, I mean, if, if you were able to get employment like that, that obviously uh, – uh, you know that that came first apparently to to, to that society because I mean he was living in another city he was he was going whatever he needed to do to to to, to provide the support that uh, uh, that 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 appeared to take precedence and stuff so you know it, it's it, it's it's hard uh, to understand I think from where we live and the time period we live in but. Uh, uh, I, I, it obviously fit right into to, to his generation during that time period because nobody thought it was odd, and uh, I, I I was pleased to learn that uh, that Luxor was uh, I guess the same as the Greek uh, Thebes. I guess uh, they said that at the beginning. Uh, uh, I never realized that Thebes was was an Egyptian city, so uh, that was that was interesting to learn. Huh? I didn't even pick that up in the book, so thanks for mentioning that. I was going to say that um, I think you're right about career. I think it was really important, and I think probably the job he had with Lady Gordon was extremely prestigious, and that's another reason he wanted to keep it. So I, I tended to be a little sympathetic to him until maybe the end. I was also even a little sympathetic to Lady Gordon, feeling like she was betrayed and Sally and Omar had something behind her back, et cetera, et cetera, until she actually physically attacked them. That just seemed beyond the pale. Um, she was clearly really losing it at that point. You know, and another thing that I just wanted to mention is, if you remember, Sally actually really did a lot of medical treatments on Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. I mean, really pretty intimate things that um, – I guess the physician had to show her how to do. And even when she was at the very end part where Lady Lucy wanted her to leave, she even did one final treatment on her. So it kind of showed that, you know, I guess she just was hoping that somehow, you know, Lady Lucy Duff Gordon would, would you know, recognize her and validate her and, and, and give her appreciation. And, and she really, I mean, she she was her maid, but she was almost like a nurse to her as well because she was pretty sick sometimes. And I can't remember exactly what the treatment was, um, but she definitely did. Um, and did you all feel that Sally and Omar loved each other, or do you think it was just kind of a like a romance that, you know, because I, I thought Sally, it was interesting. She had other proposals. I mean, they mentioned she had proposals in England. They mentioned that, that when they came to this town, people were trying to have them marry their sons to her. But I thought she had a real feeling for Omar, and I, and I thought Omar had a real feeling for her too. And it is difficult to understand, at least it is for me, how a man could have two wives, I guess, and have strong feelings for, for both of them. Um, but in many cultures, that's, that's you know, what they do. Um, and I thought they had a romance, but it was, it, and it was a pretty strong one, I thought, too. So, and I guess, you know, they always say love conquers all, but I guess in this class, in this society at this time, you know, love didn't, didn't conquer all. Yeah, I, I'm not sure love ever conquers all, but I, I, I do think they loved each other. Uh, uh, I mean... It, that seems sincere to me, 
and there, there were there just ended up being too many obstacles that the, that they couldn't get past. Uh, uh, they they ran into the, the you know uh, he obviously had to put his career first for for whatever reason, and uh, uh, Lady Def Gordon wasn't wasn't yielding, so uh, uh, th- th- that was the impasse. Now. I know I read somewhere that she suffered from from tuberculosis. Was that was that in the the narrative at the beginning of the book before they started talking about it? Because they ne- they never once mentioned the what she suffered from by name within the book itself that I recall. But it it was TB, right? It definitely was TB, and I don't know where they mentioned, but they mentioned like when they traveled towards Egypt, they. They had trouble in Italy because, uh, or with Italy, because Italy thought it was infectious. They didn't believe it was infectious. But I was going to, well, there was two, think one thing. I they the author didn't go out on, of course, because uh, Lady Duff Gordon survived. But trying to get uh, Omar to drown her or get rid of her on the way down, the, the Pasha's government wanted to get rid of her because she was raging up too much criticism of. His governing of uh, Egypt, so they, but the, that that would have made an interesting solution to the story, but they didn't do it. Yeah, you know who wasn't English, and I I wasn't even sure that they were ever going to get married. I was a little bit surprised that that actually worked out that they actually did did get married. But I kept saying, you know, her skill in English should really come in handy, and it did. She ended up getting a job in that nicer hotel, and the fact that she could speak English. You know, I thought that was actually her most marketable skill. So I'm glad that that kind of worked out. Yeah, I think they were. It was a love story, and I said earlier that Jenny was not 15 years old, but she was 30. And uh, we're not told this, but I think it's almost certain that this was Sally's first sexual encounter of any kind. So it really was an awakening for her. Okay, I've got a question for the women. Uh, I've, you know, heard some about different women's undergarments th- through the years and stuff, but this is the first time I, I, I was ever aware that there was any kind of, like a, uh, this seems like some kind of framework or wooden contraption or something that this thing they were calling stays. So, what I mean, what what is that exactly, or what or what was that? Have y'all read anything more about that in any, any of your other books and stuff? Because that's the first time I've come across that. And I can't imagine anything more uncomfortable to have to wear. And I'm I'm trying to figure out, uh, was that just like the forerunners to like a, a corset or something? Or, 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 or enlighten me? Well, I'm not 100% sure. And I'm definitely not a fashion plate of any kind. But I think stays were made out of whalebone, and they were they were the precursor to a corset. And they sort of, if you think of you know how ribs are shaped, they were sort of shaped like that. And I think they had a garment over them, and they held you, they held purpose was to hold you in. Um, so that's yeah, maybe somebody else knows more than I do. Okay, well I'm going to attempt to answer that question, but first I'm going to just read Jenny Jenny's question. Um, she wrote, my question was, after Lady Gordon passed away, does it seem Sally would eventually move into Omer's family home? Supposedly, Lady Gordon was the main obstacle. Yes, I think she was the main obstacle, but I think the other obstacle was, if you remember, Myruka was trying to get Omar to, you know, be kinder to... Um, to Sally, but of course, Myruka and I, Omar had not been together for a long time, and they mentioned a little bit in the story that now that they were both together in the same household, they were getting closer again. So maybe the obstacle also was a little bit of Omar and Myruka's relationship as well. Now, undergarment. Undergarments actually are an interesting topic. Um, if you remember, if you've ever uh, seen the movie Gone with the Wind, um, so you have like Scarlett O'Hara and, and all of those big gowns that they used to wear. And my understanding is underneath, I don't know exactly what material it is, but they would have like a hoop skirt. And so you would have your undergarments on, and then on top of that, you would wear a hoop skirt, and then on top of that, you'd have a dress that would kind of sort of flare out. 
And years ago, it was very important that women have a very, very small waist, like a 20-inch waist, really, really small waist. And they would strap strap them into all of these kind of gar- these garments. So some of them had like um, what would be laces, and they would pull the laces really, really tight that you couldn't even breathe. Um, and then, like Sherry said, there were some that would had whale bones. Um, but the whole idea was that women were supposed to have a very, very small... And women, I think, overall were smaller than they are now anyway. Um, but they kind of sort of pulled you in. So the more modern-day one, now they have spanks. But, you know, before they had spanks, they had, like, girdles. Like in the 1950s, you know, women went out and wore, wore girdles. But that's more like to have sort of a smoother line. I think in the 1800s, they really wanted to kind of pull in the waist a lot so that you really have a very, very small kind of figure. So that's what I thought it was. So when they finally got to Egypt, you know, it's like a zillion degrees there. And if you're really out, if you ever wear, I, I've had this experience where you're wearing sort of tight clothes and it's really warm outside, you, you're going to pass out. So what they wanted to do was kind of wear looser, more cooler fabric clothes. So I thought that's what she was talking about. And I'll just repeat Ginny's question in case anybody has a comment. She said, my question was, after Lady, after Lady Gordon passed away, does it seem Sally would eventually move into Omer's home? Supposedly Lady Gordon was the main obstacle. Yeah, and uh, I, I would have thought she would have eventually moved into the home, too. They they. They stopped the story. To, they they left us dangling with that. They, they they didn't carry that any further though. After Lady uh, Lady Duff Gordon died, uh, so uh, w- one would hope that uh, uh, she would have been able to move in then. Because I mean, Lady Duff Gordon was certainly the. I mean, I, even even if Omar had gone to work for the Prince of Wales, whether that ever panned out or not, uh, I don't think they would have cared two hoots if. Uh, if if she lived with his family, so uh, 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 that's what I would have thought would have happened. But 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 who knows? I mean, she got that job at the Nile Hotel, so she was she was you know I guess meeting you know her financial needs were being met. But uh, uh, she still wanted to be around her son. He was living at the house, so I would have thought she had moved in. Well, Maruka was very kind to Sally. But I wonder if Sally had moved in then, how their relations would have been, particularly if Omar was having uh, relations with both women. It's customary in a good part of the world. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's very strange to us because we, we don't live in a society. But I think there's a lot of places around the world that it's very, very normal um, for um you know, I, I remember many years ago, probably like 30 years ago, I saw this this movie. It's actually based on a book. It's called Raise the Red Lantern. It takes place in China. And the, um, the Chinese man was very prosperous, and he had four wives. And, of course, the youngest wife was the most beautiful wife and, and young. So what he would do is every night he would select the wife that he was going to sleep with, and he would ha- they would put out the red lantern at that because they had four different homes. So uh, it's strange to us, you know. It's 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 a strange thing to us, but I think in a lot of cultures, like Don said, it's it's pretty normal actually. Yeah, I wondered what would happen to Sally after the book ended too. I would have liked a longer epilogue to see what happened with her and Omar. It would be nice to think she went and lived in the house, but you're right. Maybe things would not have gone so smooth, especially. If he had come back there and was no longer working for a rich household, he would have had to get a different job. Well, he had a job at the end of the book. They said that he was working for an, an Englishman, like a, I guess a bachelor, they would call it. Um, so I guess he got another job. And, and I don't know if it was word of mouth or he needed a recommendation or I don't I don't know how exactly it worked. It. I guess he got the job with Lady Lucy Duff Gordon from, from a recommendation. But I, I also... Like I said before, I thought some of it is that Omar and, and Maruka had been separated for a long time. And I thought the fact that they were back together again also sort of made things difficult. And probably, honestly, the fact that she was a white woman from Europe made the whole situation difficult. Because it's not like he married two girls from the local village. He married 
this woman from a different culture who's a different race, probably a different religion. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't always integrate that, that well into to the household. Um, but I never thought she went back to England. I thought she just cut her ties to England and that she was going to, you know, stay in Egypt, you know, because of her son, I'm sure, but also because I think she just liked being, you know, some people just like to leave home and settle someplace else, um, and, and they're just more comfortable being away from the familiar, being in someplace that's more exotic, and I just thought this is who she was. I think Omar's other job was when Lady Lucy went back to Europe without him. Remember, she went back to Europe I think I think that's what she did, and uh, her husband said, "I don't want you to bring Omar with you." And so he got another job while she was gone, but then she came back to Egypt, and I think he probably went back to her then. Yeah, that sounds right. I had forgotten that he had that other job, but Lady Gordon did die in the book, and he must have maybe he kept that other job after she died. I think Sally might have stayed in Egypt because she didn't have to wear stays anymore unless she had a job at a fancy hotel. Yeah, I mean, she obviously fell in love with Egypt. You know, there, there was no way she was going back to England, and uh, and I, I still, I still get mad when I think about. Uh, and here again, though, I think it was probably a class thing. Uh, the, 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 that ruling, the upper class, that that uh, uh, almost royalty, I guess. Uh, uh, I guess society treated them like gods because they were obviously used to their word coming down like as if it was up from on high and, and they could like order people around. So she, she thought she was just going to tell Sally what she could and couldn't do, uh, you know, and direct her where she was going to live and everything, which I, I thought was a load of hooey myself. But, uh, uh, again, I'm, I'm coming from, from, uh, 21st century America. So, uh, I'm sure I don't, I don't have the, 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 the proper, uh, feel for the way things were back then. But, uh, yeah, I, I I feel sure Sally was going to, uh, she had fallen in love with Egypt, and I think she was going to stay there. I guess if I had my wish, I would I would wish that at some point Sally and Omar would divorce so that Sally would be free to, to meet somebody else. Um, I, I guess that's what I, I would have liked to see. And I don't know, I, I, was, I didn't like Lady Lucy Duff Gordon from the beginning, to be honest. I just thought she was like too hoity-toity. And, you know, she went into this village, and she, right away she starts telling all the local people there, you know, how to do things. And, I mean, she, she came from a different culture. She was a woman. So I guess we were supposed to admire her because she was a woman, you know, standing up to men. But I just thought, you know, she really did it from a real sense of entitlement. Like, she just thought that she could tell everybody what to do, and she was telling everybody what to do, including Sally. And I just never liked that that, that way about her. I just... I, I mean, it, it seemed realistic to me, but I just, there was really no point in the story, I mean, that I really felt sympathy for her other than the fact that she was really sick and that she had to leave home. I mean, it was pretty clear if she stayed in England, she would have died really quickly. And the fact that she went to live in Egypt definitely extended her, extended her life, um, even though it was, it was very difficult in other ways. And I was sorry that she had to leave her family, and I was sorry that she was sick, but I just never liked her from the very, very beginning of the story. I thought the author did a really good job creating the atmosphere, didn't you? Particularly telling us how the, the, the heat and how, how they just wiped everybody out. I mean, you could just almost feel this crippling heat where you couldn't do anything during the day but just sort of lie around and be miserable I, I thought she really created that well yeah she, she really did and I really despised the lady uh, lady Duff Gordon too except that one, that one scene where the whole village got sick and she like opened that clinic that that was you know that that was one thing that I really admired and and liked about her because uh, you know the, the, that was the one time in the book it felt like she was putting other people uh, ahead of herself, which uh, she didn't really seem to do very often. But uh, uh, that 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 was uh, that was that that was a very good scene, I thought, and uh, 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 a very good thing to do. I was just going to mention that medical scene myself. I thought it was really 
neat how they found, was his name Ahmed, maybe? I forget what his name was. They found him near death, and his mother had died and everything, and they brought him back to the house, and she let him bring him into the house and, and take care of him and get him back to health, which certainly made his devotion um, pretty solid. And, yeah, I like the scene where they um, – tried to help people. They opened the ground floor or whatever. I wish she would have been a little more detailed in that in terms of what they actually did. Yeah, I, I like that, that that little Ahmed character, too, because he was, he was hanging around all the time, too, and uh, uh, I, I was glad that uh, they were able to able to save him, and uh, he was he, uh, he added to the story, too, and it really, really gave you the sense of what the, what the uh, what it must be like over there, and I, I, she she really did a good job with uh, drawing out the personalities and the and, and the settings. I thought. Yeah, I think she did also. I think you really had a sense of what it was like to live there. She described the food. She described what they wore. Like John said, you really could could feel that the heat that that must they must have been getting used to, and there was a scene at one point where Sally. There were some English ladies who saw Sally, and Sally, I guess, had darker skin from the sun but they could see that she was English and they weren't really quite sure what she was so she was kind of you know looking a little bit Egyptian but not 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 quite there um, I know it's almost 10 o'clock so I'm just going to ask Sherry um, to mention our next book um, because of the uh, conferences and July 4th and everything that's going on um, Sherry and I decided that we're going to and honestly because once a year we like to take a break and have a month off um, we decided that we're going to skip um, our next meeting which is July so the next time we're going to meeting is the first Thursday in August um, which is August 4th um, well if anyone else has any more comments we can continue after this but the book for August is going to be time and again by Jack Finney, that's F-I-N-N-E-Y. And the DB number, let's see, I just put it up in the chat window, is DB23888. And it is in the chat window if you hit F9. I think that takes you to the chat window. There's a question from Ginny that you'd probably hear, and then my um, the book um, book name and title. Um, time and again, if you look at the Bard annotation, it says it's science fiction. Uh, the only sci-fi element is it, in it is that there's time travel involved. The first part of the book is the, our hero training to go back to New York in the 1890s. And then three-quarters of the book is him back in the 1890s. And I liked it because um, it's a story of, first of all, how he gets used to being in the 1890s in New York. There's a lot of New York stuff. I would think anyone that knows New York is really going to love all the historical stuff. He lives at a boarding house. He gets involved with a, a woman there. And um, he also, the intent of going back is to figure out some mystery that happened with his girlfriend in the present time and one of her ancestors and why he killed himself. And so there's also some mystery involved as he investigates how that happened and um, how that came about. And then there's some real New York history thrown in there, too. So I really like the book a lot. I hope I hope people will give it a chance and I hope people will like it. Again, it's in the chat window, Time and Again, by Jack Finney, F-I-N-N-E-Y, DB23888. Yes, Ginny wrote, um, I feel the author did a good job of using dialogue of the time. And again, I, I, I agree with you once again, Ginny. I think, I think that's really true. Um, I read Time and Again uh, uh, quite a while ago. And I remember I liked it, and I remember that, it, it like, like Sherry said, it, for some reason, Bard listed as sci-fi. It's not sci-fi. It's historical fiction. There is the time travel element, so I guess technically it's sci-fi, but if you read the book, it's, it's definitely historical fiction. And I vaguely remember that there was a movie, and probably there was probably more than one movie based on, on that book as well. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't read that. That one came to my attention when... Uh I read Stephen King's eleven twenty two sixty three, and then it was either in the, I think it may have been in the afterword to that book. King was talking about, you know, time travel books, and he mentioned that was one of his favorites. So uh, uh, I, I've been intended to read it and got started on it one time. I think I got it from Audible. I didn't like the the narration and let it and let it and didn't keep up with it. So I'm I'm glad we're going to do that one. That that'll be a that'll be a fun one to do. So. Uh, I know I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, 
uh, one last comment on uh, the Mistress of Nothing. I'll, I also like that scene where uh, when uh, Sally first left with uh, the baby, and then she was on that boat with, 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 and then she befriended all the women that were that were. I think they were on the boat, weren't they? I'm getting that right, right? They were traveling. And they they just kind of all adopted her and stuff while they were traveling down the river to uh, Cairo or wherever they were going. But uh, I, I really like that scene, too. So I'm done talking now. Yeah, I like that scene, too. That was nice. I wanted to also, Alan, to say that if you found your book for your next book club, if you want to go ahead and plug it, that would be great. Yes, that that would be good. And I also really um, thank you for mentioning that, Alan, because I really like that scene also. Because Sally was like very, she didn't know what was going on, and then they couldn't have been nicer to her. And I was just going to mention one last thing about time and again. If anybody loves this book, um, there is actually a sequel. Um, he wrote time and again in like I want to say 1970, and um, 25 years later. He wrote a sequel to Time and Again, which has a title that sounds like Time and Again. So if you love Time and Again and you want to know what happened next, there's actually a sequel to it. Yeah, our book for uh, June 19th for the Worlds of Books is The Kind Worth Killing, a novel, DB80656 by Peter Swanson. I don't know anything about it. I hadn't read it. The reading time is nine hours, nine and a half hours. But it's read by one of my favorite narrators, David Hartley Margulin. So uh, I'm reading South Abroad again right now, and he just knocks that one out of the park. So thanks for the uh, uh, the advertisement. Oh, I love South Abroad. Uh, Don, if you want to mention your book, too, we were talking about it a little before you joined. Everybody seems to like it. I've got the wrong key. Um, yeah, that what seems to have been very popular, The Residence. And I can't think of the author's name at them. At the moment, it's uh, I'm, I've been working on the the August book, but it's a really good story, and uh, I strongly recommend it. It's uh, it's it is just a very short title, "The Residence," a story of all the staff and interchange in the White House over the years, and uh, it makes the bushes look good. <laughs> Some of our or the people I support not so good, but. It was a very good story. Yeah, it was good. The author is um, Kate Anderson Brower, um, and I agree with you. The, the first President Bush and his wife come off – I've never read anything better about them ever. <laughs> they come off, like, absolutely wonderful. But I think maybe because, you know, they're, they're very wealthy and they're used to having – all the servants, but we can all talk about this next Tuesday. So thank you everybody for coming and talking about the book. Um, it was a really good discussion and um, I hope you'll consider reading uh, Time and Again by Jack Finney and joining us in, on August 4th. So thanks everybody. Yeah, thanks for everybody's comments. I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good book and, and great conversation. Take care. Enjoy your weekend.